Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It's 10.24 here on SENZ, and it is panel time, and this morning we have so much talent It'll take forever to introduce them. Apart from to say Nikki Styrus uh, is with us here from News Hub. Uh, Nathan Rariri, I could uh, lead, uh, read out a list as long as my arm on uh, his portfolio, but currently uh, Nathan Rariri is with Radio New Zealand's First Up show, uh, and that, of course, is uh, very popular, but very early on in the piece. Uh, the first thing I'll go to uh, Nikki Styrus, because uh, on the subject of uh, work and, and that kind of thing, of course, Duncan Garner is leaving the AM show and we're all saying, step up, Nikki Styrus. Please, step up. Oh, well, well, I'll take that as a wonderful compliment. Thanks, Smitty, but, but no thanks. Um, yeah, I'm trying to slowly retire out of work, not, not ramp it up. And to be honest, those hours are pretty bloody brutal. And I'm, I'm actually not surprised to see Duncan go lasting five years in that role is uh, pretty impressive, just as it stands. But uh, I certainly do like my fill-ins, and I get lots of nice compliments when I replace Mark Richardson, which is understandable. So I might just stick to that, thanks. <laughs> I don't look at it that way. See, Nikki, I look at it, I think, I, I look at it this way. You take a lot of time off, and Mark Richardson fills in for you. That's what I look, how I look at it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks, Smithy. You're in a good take mood it. today. Well, yeah. Hey, listen, um, here's, the, here's the thing. Nathan Rariri, and first time on the panel for me, and it's been a long time coming as far as I'm concerned. No one in New Zealand knows more about American sport. Uh, but what I want to ask you uh, initially about uh, my old workmate uh, is uh, yeah. bubble time. Lockdown time in the Araridi household because you have a fairly young family still. Yeah, I've um, I've actually spent most of um, my time answering messages and texts from people going, "Hey, why did Ghana really quit?" Um, so that's really filled my last twenty four hours. And the answer for all the rest of you is, I don't know. Maybe he got tired. Uh, they're really hard hours. I work them as well. And if you've ever seen me, you'll be quite surprised to know I'm actually only 24 years old, and this is what it does to you. Um, constantly getting up, it just does this to your face. And that. But no, no, we're pretty good. Like um, We've been in and out of lockdowns in, in Auckland, um, as you know, since last year. So the kids' school has got a great plan when it comes to online learning. So, you know, Darcy and Ryla are up at the table right now, all plugged in and set to go. They have their the little Zoom meetings where they can wave to their mates and that kind of stuff. So we're, we're just pretty much in that. I was just kind of thinking mainly for people down country, if you haven't been in it before, it's just that whole learning to just slow down 
you know, after the couple of days, it's fine if you don't do 17 things a day. So that's what I'm adhering to, is uh, doing a bit of that. And if I get tired and I want a nap, what I do is I watch the Boar War, spelled B-O-R-E, which was that, that Lions series against South Africa. Goodness me. If you, want, you need an afternoon nap, just put that on. You, you won't make it to, what, halfway through the first half. <laughs> uh, okay, I understand exactly where you're coming from there. Uh, look, uh, here, yeah. here's the most emotive issue we're dealing with at the moment, Nikki Styrus, the All Whites and the possibility of mm. a name change. Now, I, I can, you know, uh, I can understand the, the, the sentiments behind it. I think, but if if is this opening a, a biggest can of worms of all time in New Zealand sport, trying to change traditional old names? Well. I think the can's already been opened, Smithy, and some of the worms are already crawling out. Um, I mean, we saw it with the Crusaders. They didn't change the name, but they changed the logo. And so, yeah, I guess that that started, and it's part of this whole woke society that we now live in. And, and there are times when I think it's justified, and there are times when I think it's not. And I don't think it's justified in the case of the all-whites. I mean, I guess the question is, you have to ask yourself, what is behind the name? Is it about the jersey colour? Or is it about the meaning behind the actual words? So that, to me, is how you have to look at it. Does, you know, the All Blacks, are called the All Blacks because they have a full black kit. The Blues are not called the Blues because they um, are dealing with uh, mental mental health. They're dealing, they have an all-blue kit. And I feel like the All-White steeped in history is has the same connotation. You know, they... They took on that name that you'll remember this back in 1982 when they first wore that full white kit in their World Cup qualifiers. And, and I think that that was the history that, you know, began the tradition of the All Whites. And I would be really sad for the players who have come through that time to see that name just disappear because a few people out there thinking it has some sort of racist connotation, I just think they're overthinking it. You know, like, you know, there are, there are times when you go, okay, well, maybe the Redskins or maybe. Maybe the you know Clevelandians needed to change its name because it had a direct relationship with a particular race of people. But in my view, this is about the colour. And you know, if you're going to change your white name, you might as well start changing the all blacks name too, because that's reverse discrimination, if you ask me. Well, that's interesting because uh, if I get to that point, um, all hell will let cut loose, I would imagine, Nikki. And Nathan, you, you're over this as well because you follow uh, American sport very closely, as I alluded to yeah. earlier. Uh, and this has happened uh, in America with a couple of very high profile historic names in sport. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for starters, the, the Redskin name is incredibly insulting. Um, and it was used pretty much as a. Uh, to, to describing the First Nations of the United States as an N-word kind of deal. So I can definitely see why that one goes. They often go to the ice hockey as well and talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. But I, I think it, it kind of depends what you're talking about because Blackhawk, he was one of the biggest... Tri- um, he was one of the most famous war chiefs uh, in, that tr- in that tribe that's around there. I think it's the Algonquins. So he didn't wasn't actually... Um, that's more of a tribute name as opposed to what was a, a sort of terrible nickname. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the all-white name, I, I, I've never uh, looked at it as being uh, a racist name at all. Um, I can understand why they're going through and just double-checking things, and maybe it's one of those ones where it's an idea that comes out of a meeting and someone goes, what do you reckon? Do we need to review that? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. And, and I'll maybe put it on the agenda for next time. But no, it definitely doesn't need to change. But I mean, really, when John Adshead, he was the one who pushed that in 1982. 
And he came out and he really had a, it was really about, right, well, you know, we're going to show everyone that we're not the All Blacks. We're the opposite of the All Blacks. You know, as if John Walker never ran in a black singlet or Peter Snell or anyone like that before. And it was like, you know, and what they did do after the success of Spain was go on to be the, the polar opposite of the All Blacks pretty much until they qualified for South Africa. So uh, to me, I've always found the All Whites name a bit meh. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's their name. That, that's fine. I've never, ever thought of it in a, in a racist way. Uh, I just think it's kind of odd that all of our sports teams wear black and they don't. So I actually quite enjoy seeing them, you know, seeing them wear black because I do think one of the best things is, and I've had comments from Smithy, you know, our old mate Dan Dibley in the USA and the likes of Ramona Shelburne and those as well. They message me going, you know, oh, at the Olympics, your guys' uniform all in black looks awesome, you know, as that. So I think that's kind of the part for me. I... I don't know why they chose to go the opposite of all our other sports teams. But apart from that, never looked at it as racist. I, I don't think it needs to be changed. You know, well, I, I wouldn't vote for it if I was in that board meeting anyway. OK, Nathan Rarity and Nikki Storis with us at the moment. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It's 10.34, uh, smack bang in the middle of the panel this morning with uh, Nathan Rarity and, of course, Nikki Styrus. And, Nikki, a, a lot of toing and froing in rugby circles. It seems uh, overnight as if they've reached some sort of agreement on things. Uh, I'll ask you a question from New Zealand's point of view. Uh, the All Blacks, are the All Blacks a little bit too powerful and when it comes to these sorts of things? Are we a, bit, a little bit too protective of our, of our own? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I yeah, I think we are. I think we have an arrogance that I don't think we, well, maybe not the All Blacks themselves, but, but definitely NZR. I think they have an arrogance that perhaps they don't deserve and probably shouldn't have in this current climate. Um, yes, I do see that they have come to some sort of agreement about um, a rugby for, new rugby format, and um, I guess the issue for me is. You know, Australia has made it quite clear that they wanted the conference system, and that's because they like the local derbies. They in the in the new format, the sticking point is the um, the three extra round robin games, and of course Australia would like those to be domestic in their own country. And I can understand that because they've got a sport there that struggles to keep the numbers, to keep the public interested. You know, it's not as big as rugby in New Zealand, and they're trying to grow that game. And if you've got a New Zealand team going there week in, week out, or, and, and these Australian teams are getting smashed, then that's not doing anything for the profile of your sport over there. So I can certainly understand why they, they have these opinions. Now, I guess um, the, the, the finalisation of this format is yet to be decided. But I guess, you know, there's a couple of things that concern me here with New Zealand rugby, and that is there's, there's two jobs they really, really needed to achieve uh, in 2021. Uh, and one of them was obviously to um, gain revenue through the Silver Lakes deal, which they managed to uh, bungle and stuff up. And the second one is obviously to keep Sansar sweet, because at the moment, really, it's the rugby championship and the Sansar broadcast deals that are paying their bills. So I'm a little bit worried about um, Mark Robinson and um, perhaps, you know, is it is he... Is he just too arrogant, or is it a crisis of communication? I'm I'm not really sure, but it seems to be every time he opens his mouth or Brent opens his mouth, we end up in these debacles. And you know, those two examples are right there for everybody to see. So, um, 
you know, we're $400 million down at the moment. I'm not sure we're in a position to be actually dictating to Australia or to South Africa, you know, or to Argentina about how we want to have things. That's my view. Oh, I, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I like that opinion. And um, Nathan, uh, I, I looked at it from the outside, from an Australian point of view, just the man on the streets. Here they have sent their team over here um, and and economic uh, exemption they got through to come over here, which was okay, that was fine. Uh, they've come over here, they've played on the worst possible venue they can, they've, they've got the predictable result, they got two uh, beatings, uh, and now all of a sudden we get a chance to get them over there um, on Perth, and all of a sudden they don't want to come, they're, they're a bit reticent about jumping on the plane, and that. so I could kind of think, uh, kind of understand the Australian man in the, tr- in the street perspective on this whole deal. Is, is it as simple as that for you? Well, I, um, I spoke to Peter Fitzsimons about this last week, and he actually pointed out that there was no possible way with the policy that Western Australia had in place that we could have even got out of that. That we could have gotten over to Perth under the required amount of quarantine, and then got out on the park. Like the game would have had to have been delayed by two days anyway, because um, that game was twelve days away at that stage, and the quarantine they would have had to have done was fourteen. Uh, and he was quite excited because what he told me was, he said, well, this is great. The Wallabies can run out onto the field and we'll just claim it as a default that you guys didn't get there. So I think that um, there's quite a few shifting sands with, with what's gone on over there in Australia. And the good thing is they will get to play that other um, test. I know that um, Anastasia Palaszczuk, who's, who's running Queensland, she's done a much better job um, of handling their COVID situation. And remember, sport doesn't rule Australia. Sport doesn't rule the virus. The, right, the virus rules everything else. Like we're on its timeline, not on the others. So um, I think they're doing quite a pragmatic idea. By It looks like they're going to shift the entire rugby championship to, to Queensland uh, to have it played because, you know, they can. I mean, the NRL, they're running their competition up there pretty well so long as... Josh Dugan doesn't go out driving again, trying to get to Lisco to visit mates for parties or whatever. But, you know, they've, they've still got that going pretty well up there. Um, I, I, I think it's smart. I think it's pragmatic and you've really got to shift this. I mean, like, I wasn't against it going up to be played in, um, in Europe because I thought to myself, I mean, for me, personally, it all happens in the same rectangle in the corner of my lounge. Like, I was never going to those games anyway, so... I wouldn't care if it's Perth, I wouldn't care if it's Brisbane, I wouldn't care if it's there. I just want to see the teams play. So, yeah, really disappointing, though, for, I guess, a lot of people in Perth that were looking forward to the game. But the practicalities was it actually couldn't have happened. So I think that as far as rugby championship goes, this is quite smart. And I know a lot of the South Africans are very upset, saying, why don't you all come over here? But I think when we have a look at... I mean, it's, I don't think it's that secure a situation over there as far as being able to keep people safe from COVID goes. So, I mean, Australia gets the win here of um, having the competition on their time zone and down their eastern seaboard. It's the most convenient for them as far as television goes. Um, and I think perhaps they've really got themselves the win here rather than it just um, heading up north. There's no uh, green light just yet, changing though, tech. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry. There's, there's, no, no, there's, no, no, there's not. No. no, but I mean, I know too. I mean, one, one of the things um, too is that 
we, we often talk about um, the CEOs, what have you, but that players association holds a massive amount of sway. Like as as I understand it, I think a part of their deal was they were only allowed to do one bout of MIQ. So when they go, I believe they're going to be away for like four months at a time. So I think the players dug their heels in the same way as the professional players also dug their heels in to try and get a bigger cut of that Silver Lake deal, which which certainly pushed things around. Um, but I, I think that if it does end up in Queenstown, uh, sorry, in Queensland and being run, they still will get to play that third Bledisloe, really the only one that misses out, unfortunately, as, as all places have had to miss out, like Perth misses out on a game. But remember, Dunedin missed out on a huge game at that, um, that match against uh, the Springboks to be the 100th game. So it's, it's just as it is in this world. Like, it's um, stuff is changing on us all the time. I mean, like, what, a couple of... A couple of weekends ago, Smitty, there I was waking up on my dear mother's house and I get woken up by this beep at 7.30 in the morning and it's my old mate Ian Smith and he sent me a beautiful picture of his breakfast <laughs> in Auckland, uh, which was a which was a plate of just straight bacon. And I admired that. I thought that was beautiful. So, um, you know what I mean? It changes. There was no bread or anything, Nicky. No, just nothing. Just bacon. No. And I was like, I was like, uh, I'm like not surprised. Me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know what? What I couldn't do, I know we're in a, a, a wonderful uh, situation in life where technology goes ahead. I just wanted to send the smell to you, Nathan, but I couldn't. I, I looked at every button on my phone. I just could not. I, I couldn't find. The, I couldn't find the bacon smell button. But how many? But hey, hey, thanks, Apple, Nathan. Thank Apple you, Nathan. Scratch and sniff iPhone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 there's an idea. Nathan Rarari, full of ideas. As always, Nathan Rarari, an absolute legend, uh, a fantastic bloke, um, one of the most knowledgeable sporting commentators I've ever had the privilege of working for. I've never had the privilege of, of working uh, 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 that closely with Nicky Storris. I, I hope to one day, and in the way that the media's paths cross, I think that's a real possibility. Thanks uh, so much to, to both of those people. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.